I'm Maeve Doyle and this is A Private View, a podcast series featuring interviews with key figures in the art world, the art market, artists, curators, critics, auction house experts, art dealers, gallerists, curators, and other individuals who are redefining and reshaping the world of art as we know it. This is a special podcast series on the rise of street art. Today's episode will be a fact sheet on the artist known as Banksy. I say a fact sheet because I think the conversation on Banksy and Banksy's work could be six parts in itself, probably 12 or 20. Uh, today I'm just going over a fact sheet with for 10 minutes at, at the most. So Banksy was born in 1972. He was born in Bristol. His real name is Robin Gunningham. He was grammar school educated from upper middle class parents. In the early 90s on the club scene, he was um, surrounded by a massive attack by Tricky, who were also graffiti writers. Legend has it that they were tagging trains, stenciling details of carriages to subvert signage. Uh, he did album covers for Tricky and Massive Attack. He showed in one of the first shows that he's been documented in participating in is called Seven Sheds Car Boot Sale. If you see anything from that time and manage to get your hands on it, please do. Uh, Banksy then moved to London with the idea of putting his name in extraordinary places. The weirdest and the most dangerous places were the most attractive. Example of that in that time was the piece called Laugh Now, uh, which was the chimps. It was Laugh Now, one day we'll be in charge, and it was on a tube, uh, on a tube train to rep- replicate the New York scene that Herring and Basquiat were participating on, all very influenced by each other. That's why it was so important for Banksy to put up a piece before the Basquiat show opened at the Barbican. The piece is still there. Please go and have a look at it. It's in the Barb- Barbican area. Um, so he moved to London. He put up Laugh Now, and he was given a studio, or Urban Myth tells you he was given a studio by Damien Hurst, and that studio was under the Westway. So a new clique developed around Banksy, and that clique included Jamie Hewlett, Damon Album, and Damien Hurst. At the time, Hurst would have had Pharmacy, a restaurant that is now the Marks and Spencers, but it was the pharmacy between Notting Hill Gate and Holland Park, and it was a a scene. It was a scene. It was noted for the. It was noticeable by the dots, the famous Hearst dots. But it was a scene like a members' club where artists hung out and talked. And part of the gang was Keith Allen, Lily Allen's dad, Damon Album, Jamie Hewlett, and. Banksy, so they say. First London exhibition. This is the first London exhibition I mentioned before. The first show was Seven Shed, a car boot sale. That was in Bristol. The first London exhibition was in the East End. It was called Turf Wars. Uh, It was around Brick Lane, I think Truman Brewery. Uh, Paul Insect, Sweet Tooth, Inky. They all were part of this exhibition. Ben Ein had work in it. Banksy's, this is again a fact sheet. We're just going over the surface of thing. things. 
Banksy's public notoriety came with wool and peace. I'll say it again, wool and peace, a self-published collection of Banksy's street work. He put out the book and made himself an art star. So Basquiat on the cover of Interview, the crowds they hang out with, you can see a pattern arising of how artists who are not part of a scholastic system, a scholastic system which involves the right school, the right institutions, the right teachers, the right prizes, the right grants and foundations. Well, street arts have their own, street art has its own system, a group of friends, a place to hang out with, a collection of your works put out in alternative press, there is a system to this. So Wall and Peace was the self-published collection of Banksy's work that made him an art star. Uh, Lazaridis, Steve Lazaridis, who was recently in the news for having put The Drinker by Banksy into Sotheby's auction, only to have it pulled by pest control, allegedly by pest control, an hour before it was meant to go to auction. Uh, the facts around that are have not have not made the mainstream news. So we don't know what's happened, but that was very unusual. So back to my point, Laz was the studio manager for Banksy at the time, but also his photographer. And so he would take photographs of Banksy's work. Uh, and that work was featured in Wall and Peace. Laz has also said that this year he's putting out a book of those photos under his own name. So everybody's kind of looking for work now that Banksy's doing his own thing. Or once they don't work for Banksy, they have to find a job. And I can guarantee you they're not going to fit into an institutionalized mainstream. These guys are naughty by nature. They're disruptors. They don't fit in, and they're not going to be able to do a nine-to-five in an office. That is for sure. So a lot of creative endeavors will come around the people who worked with Banksy, and one of those people is Steve Lazaridis. Uh, they set up, he managed, pictures on walls off of Curtin Road uh, in London in 2002, and they made prints by Banksy. Now, this was before pest control. Now, pest control is Banksy's authentication board. So they issue COAs. A lot of Banksy's went out around this time and people would get them for not a lot of money and then go home when eBay was starting and become art dealers on eBay. This was not something the world expected. However, it happened and and that's why COAs were issued. Uh, imagine being the kind of person who wanted to distribute your work for free, keeping it away from art dealers because street art wasn't for art dealers, only to find out that that anyone could go home and create an account on eBay and start an auction for your work, even work that you were giving away in Notting Hill Gate, Portobello Road. Uh, it did change things. I'm not quite sure how it changed things, but it democratized who could sell art and how. So the people around Banksy are extraordinarily loyal, and no one who has met him is willing to admit that they have met him. That's probably the biggest mystery. In a world full of 
overexposure of everyone, where privacy is the biggest luxury, how can someone remain out of the spotlight? I, we really don't know. If you're buying a Banksy, the classics, the classic Banksies, the best ones you could possibly get, Flying Copper, Rude Copper, Happy Choppers, Girl with Balloon, Queen Vic, and Monkeys in Parliament. Uh, the Monkeys in Parliament one was at Sotheby's. I think it was called Devolve Parliament just last season. Incredible. It was during Freeze Week. It was his now becoming annual event at Sotheby's. The year before during Freeze was the shredded girl with balloon piece. This year it was Devolve Parliament. Uh, Banksy, you can't go wrong with Banksy. Uh, do make sure that you have things certified by pest control. Get a COA if you're buying something outside of the regular channels, uh, check the auction houses, know a few facts, know that Matthew Freud, who is an advertising genius, is one of the first people to buy a Banksy street piece. He bought what boy? He bought it from Bank Robber, from Robin Barton in 2007. It was documented in the Evening Standard. Critically, once the auction houses were on board with with Banksy, and then they, they stopped. And that happened again this year. Pest control was set up by Damien Hurst's lawyers. It was set up to resemble science, which is Damien Hurst's legal team, legal art team. So the rise of street art is a real rise. It's a rise of another industry. And these are people who wouldn't have been allowed into the art world as it stood. And they're now making one of their own. Um, the prices are escalating for street art. Yes, they are. Street art is becoming the new norm. I guess what you have to ask yourself is what's coming up behind all of this. Street art was the last generation before Instagram, and that needs to be underscored and spotlit. This is Maeve Doyle. That was a private view. Your insight was on Banksy. A few facts for you. Thank you and goodbye. You've been listening to A Private View with me, Maeve Doyle. I'm Maddox Gallery's Artistic Director. I'm also BBC Radio London Art Critic. I'm a curator for Paddle 8. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out the Maddox Gallery website for easy updates. Follow me on Instagram at mavedoyle.art. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye for now. <laughs>